part three chapter twenty three of martin schuler by romer wilson this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three berlin chapter twenty three he was to have taken sophie to the theatre to hear his new piece he was to have taken her out to dinner first to have brought her flowers and petted and spoiled her they were to have had a happy evening teasing one another with pleasantries of which they never got tired she waited a long time for him she lay upon the sofa of her boudoir she was not angry because schuler did not come she was afraid she dared not go out alone because she knew that if he found her gone he would be in a mad rage she had no idea what kept him but she dared not go and see if he was ill till he sent for her her fears were not deep enough to make her cry she did not cry easily perhaps her feelings were never very strong or perhaps she was philosophical she lit a cigarette and drank some coffee at ten o'clock she established herself at the window and standing there holding apart the sulphur-coloured curtains she looked like a beautiful picture by some french follower of whistler the tones of pale sulphur and delicate pearl pink shadowed with grey by the bright blue dusk of the evening the long chiffon dress that hung straight upon the floor the white ermine coat unmarred with black flicks of tails show beautiful and soft as a picture upon a flat surface in the light of the shaded lamp her delicate right hand had upon it the black and white ring that martin had given her it looked like the exotic signature of the artist there was nothing real about her frequently she was unreal a fairy princess to-night she was at the zenith of her beauty physically in her beautiful pale clothes she was a faultless dream reminding one of the most perfectly grown malmaison carnations of pearls without flaw of ivory carved into eastern houris with black onyx hair she was an object of art when it was quite dark martin awoke and immediately took his hat unlocked the door and hurried down into the street it was half-past eleven the lights in the street were brilliant he turned into unter den linden and walked rapidly under the emerald green trees that seemed in the powerful light of the overhead lamps to be made of jewels he passed the gay cafes where everything was glaring vermilion and bright yellow and dark green as if they were cafes on the stage above them stretched the dark purple impassive sky around him was noise and laughter and brilliance there was no sympathy in anything when he was brilliant he was the god of brilliancy when he was alone in the forest he was the god of the night but to-night he was alone in the brilliance he walked on to the gateway that seemed to be the gateway of life and went under it as if he were returning to hell all the dramatic feelings of which he was capable rose in him he longed to create a sensation to die of an attack of the heart under the arch of the gate to go mad and rave screaming down the linden to have wings and be carried upon them up into the sky out of life and the desperate state he was in he felt himself sinking in a sea and nothing he assured himself nothing in the world could raise him out of it soon he found himself entering sophie's house ascending her stairs and going into her boudoir the light and the sweet perfume made him feel tired directly he appeared she ran to him and threw herself into his arms he did not know what to do with her he wanted to behave so as to make himself feel happy and to remove the despair out of his heart the soft feeling of her clothes soothed him a little 
to gather fur and satin and chiffon under one's hand gives at least a sense of physical well-being when he had moved his hands about on her a little he thought he would speak i am done for he seemed to have said something like it before everything seemed a reiteration his life was stirred into a whirling pool events were now in the future now in the past oh how 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 should i know sophie's heart sank evidently he was madly angry was the play not well received i have not been to the play my heart is broken i am dead i am a writer of opera bouffe but i tell you i am dead take your arms from me i am a corpse she did not move forsake me i say all have still she did not move he thought how splendidly devoted she was she herself neither believed what he said nor saw any reason to desert him she had no idea what to do and was moreover frightened she liked to hold him for protection she put her face up and kissed him he buried her in his arms and picking her up put her on the divan and threw himself beside her she loved him very much just then all her excitable emotions were satisfied he began to breathe heavily and to sob tell me he said i am dead she stroked his head no no tell me i am a failure what she whispered why you can do anything in the world how can you tell i know how do you know because i know he raised his head and looked at her tell me what i am to do to be brave how am i to be brave to go away the time-honoured remedy was the only suggestion she could make to go where to the black forest he began to tell her about his life and talked to her until dawn he told her the most exaggerated story of his past which was far different from the truth in which he had suffered a thousand dramatic and awful moments and been tortured and made happy beyond the lot even of mythical beings he gave her an idea so terrible of his sufferings as a youth born to genius of his betrayal as he called it by steinbach of his destruction as he imagined it to be by hella that her imagination was stirred and all those little used forces of thought in her took from his grotesque magnificent recital enough fire to kindle in him a flame of hope a desire for the future and a will to be more wonderful than anybody who had ever lived in the whole world at cockcrow he left her and went away to be by himself in order to dream that he was young and that all that he had just said existed only in his imagination unfortunately his flame of hope was not very strong his defeat was heavy and smothered it into grey smoke it lay and smouldered for a long time and neither sophie nor wolf had any power to cheer him from the deep depression and loneliness that came over him or to draw him out of the muddy fen of misery that he had fallen into end of part three recording by expatriate in bangor maine